welcome to that Good Good Experience Podcast. Where related minds talk about related topics. And we all just happen to be related. Buckle up, this is going to be a good one. We've got that Good Good Experience Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting edition of We've Got That Good Good Experience where Related Minds talk about related topics and we all just so happen to be related. Hey guys, we got a brand new segment that we want to introduce at this time. We were so inspired by the last episode, the inspiration motivational episode, that we want to make it a permanent part of this podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here's our new inspirational segment done by none other than my sister, First Lady Amanda Monique Marcus, who is the First Lady of Freedom Church, Albany, Georgia. And here's the Lady Mo moment here on the We've Got the Good Good Experience podcast. Take it away, sis. Hello, Good Good family. I am First Lady Amanda Marcus of Freedom Church of Albany, Georgia, and this is your Lady Mo moment. Have you ever heard the saying, you are what you eat? As a child, eating pizza, hamburgers, hot dogs, french fries, chocolate cake, I thought was harmless. But as I grew up, I realized I need more green vegetables, I need milk for strong bones and teeth, and apple a day keeps the doctor away, right? Well, John 6 and 35 says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Ask yourself, what is my diet consumed of? Am I getting my daily dose of his word? Do I meditate on his word both day and night? John 6 and 51 says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven, and if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. I want to encourage you. Eat the word. Eat the bread of life. Consume Jesus daily. And guess what? You will become what you eat. And that concludes the Lady Mo moment. If you're looking for a place to worship on Sundays, join us at Freedom Church of Albany, 600 Pine Avenue, Albany, Georgia. Or feel free to visit us on Facebook at Freedom Church of Albany or on our website, fcalbany.org. Our senior servant is Pastor DiCarlo Marcus. And now back to Marcus, Kimmy, and Byron for that good, good experience. Hey guys, you heard the music that was Shalomar for the lover in you. This is our special for the lovers in you Valentine's Day episode. And let's get it cracking without further ado. I can't do this without my cousin co-host, the mistress of sound, Miss Kimmy Brown. Hey, what's good, good? Marcus, darling. What's good, good? Good, good family. Glad to be here. And we're glad to have you here there, Kimberly. And of course, this thing does not run without my other cousin co-host, Mr. Byron Bino Brown. What's good, good? What's up, Marcus? Hey, Kimmy. Let's get this party started right now. 
<laughs> Do it right now. Right now. Do it right now. Hey, guys. Again, like we said, this is our Lover's Edition episode. We're counting down our favorite love songs that reminds us of Valentine's Day, that love is in the air, guys, and uh, we want to do something a little bit for Valentine's Day. But before we do that, we got to get into our good news segment. And this week, for you guys, we have a very special guest. He is the president and CEO of Passageway Productions, and he's a good friend of mine and got some big things coming up. Hey, let us welcome to the good good, Mr. Nicholas Howard of Passageway Productions. Here's our good good segment. Welcome everybody to our good good segment of the We've Got the Good Good Experience podcast. With me now is an up and coming playwright, act author, and just a great American citizen. <laughs> He's the president and the CEO of Passageway Productions. Welcome, Nicholas Howard, to the show. Thank you. Oh man, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so honored, and, I, and I'm grateful to just be here, man. I'm that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. Hey, man, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, I'm originally, you know, from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm, I, I did. Um, I'm a, a 20 year Navy veteran and and I, I write plays. <laughs> I work, um, I'm a fourth, fourth grade teacher in the morning and I, I hospice nurse at night. So that's that's generally what I do. I'm real busy. I'm married to a beautiful woman that supports me. I have two beautiful dogs. <laughs> but that, that's just me in a nutshell, man. I, I try to just live life and try to get the um the best out of the moments of life. Absolutely, man. You said you were a 20, 20 year Navy veteran. Now, how do you transition from being a Navy veteran to becoming a playwright? How does that work? Well, long story short, I used to I used to do a lot of speaking engagements for um, Navy events. You know, we did Black History Month, Women's Month, different type of events. And one time we was out the sea. Actually, we was in the war of uh, I think it was Iraq in 2003. And just we was out the sea for so long. The guys were, were were just down, and 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 one of the girls suggested that, that we do like a script or, or or play, you know, just encouragement. And she got the chaplain blessing on it, and um, I was I was able to write up some, and and the crew of of five thousand five hundred, it, it wasn't everybody wasn't able to attend because it was so packed. But man, it, we they they really enjoyed it, and that chaplain went on to retire and got a church, and he asked you know that we come and and do a show. And and after we did the show, it took off from there. You know, people start requesting and, and then I, I start writing and, and and that's how it happened. I, I have no idea. It was all, all God, if you ask me. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, were you a writer in school or anything like that? I did. I did write in school. I, well, I mostly just wrote wrote poems and things like that. But I, I never, never, ever considered, you know, being a writer. But I did enjoy writing. But it was just mostly like just poems and things of that nature and short, short stories. But never, never really anything I knew I knew that one day I wanted to write a book. That's that's all I knew. I knew that. Uh, absolutely. And we'll be waiting for that as well uh, as we look forward, because that's going to happen. We already know that. Oh, yeah. That, I, I got I got some I got some brilliant in the mix. I got some really good in the mix. Absolutely. Now, speaking of brilliant, you know, you've written how many plays so far? I've written about 10, 10, 10 so far. Well, actually, this last one I just finished was my 11th one. So. Absolutely. And out of those 10, how many actually went on to become stage productions? Five. Five, Five. actual stage productions. All right. Great, man. When you're writing a play, or will you start to say, or when it comes to you to say, hey, I, I want to write a play, what do you draw your inspiration from? I try to see what moves me. You know, things that, that, that I think I need to change about myself or are things that I wish, you know, people would realize. And I try to, you know, when I get in dark places or... Or, or even when I feel like discouraged, all and all the things that bring me out, 
or make me feel some type of way, I, I draw from that because I want to I want to be in a place where people can relate to in, in every aspect of life. And, and my main my main goal is to, to, to just mot motivate or um, inspire or, or give, you know, give some type of hope. So I, I, I try to draw from when I'm inspired or when I'm brought out of those places or when I feel like I'm, I'm learning something or when I'm healed and I feel like that would benefit somebody else. It motivates me to, to write. Absolutely. Now, the characters in your productions now, one notably yourself, you play a character of Otis. Right. Um, Right. Now, where did the inspiration from that character come from? <laughs> Otis comes from a, a, a dysfunctional environment <laughs> from, which, <laughs> from which I grew up, man. I had I had great I had really cool uncles that really know how to relate to me. My, my father was uh, murdered when I was younger. So, you know, my, my uncles really, you know, took me under their wing and 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 fortunately, but unfortunately, a lot of them, they, they had a wild life, you know. And, and that's where I, I draw um, the spirit of Otis from. He's like he's like that crazy uncle that everybody that can relate to. That will will, will you can see them drunk at the at the, the the family picnic or high or wherever they you know their vice is. But you can also receive correction and wisdom from them. Absolutely. Now you're the president and CEO of Passageway Productions. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, Passageway Productions, we our motto is you know we stage avenues to new beginnings. We try to give people a, an opportunity to, to display their, their talent and a platform. You know, we, we try to take, we try to pride ourselves in being able to take everybody, but we just don't take anybody. You know, you have, you have to have a, you know, an interest and enjoyment because we like to, you know, because some people might think they want to be an actor or actress and they come out to auditions or, or come out and try it and they really realize they don't, you know, want to. Whereas other people that, you know, don't have a, a way in, you know, they don't have a, a, a place where they can go auditions and, you know, be a part of a, a stage play or, or, or um, acting studio and get their name out there or display their talent. We try to be that avenue for the local talent here in um, the Hampton Roads area, Virginia, Virginia. All right. Now, when you talk about stage productions and plays, you know, the first person that usually comes to everybody's mind is Tyler Perry, who has done, you know, a mess uh, over time. And I'm pretty sure you've gotten the comparisons to him at, at times. How does that make you feel? It makes me, I'm flattered. I enjoy the compliments. Sometimes, I, well, I, I try to take it as a compliment. Sometimes it can be a little, let me see if I can say this. I don't know, it, I, I take it as a compliment. You know, I know people mean well by it, but sometimes it can it, it can make you, make people look at you in a certain way or make you right. think, or, 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 you know, comparison. I never I never compare anybody to anybody because right. I don't I don't think that that's fair to anybody. You know, when I, only person I compare myself is me. But generally, I, I, I take I know I take it as a compliment, but I, I like some people correct themselves. My, my bad, you're not the next Tyler Perry. You're the you're the you're the first Nicholas Howard. So I, I like that compliment better. I can appreciate the comparison. Absolutely. You know, uh, I, there's a saying that says, "Never try to be like anybody because at best you'll be second. Hey. So, <laughs> you know, so go ahead and continue to blaze your own path, man. Definitely. Lastly, man, what are some things that we can look forward to? We know the book is coming. You got the book in the works. Are there any more stage plays or anything that you have in the works? Man, I'm, I'm glad you asked. I have one of the most mind-blowing stage plays we're getting ready to do in May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we're covering, it's, it's a right now type of entertainment. It's, it's one very, very funny. It's very emotional. You know, you're going to go on the emotional roller coaster. But we're going we're gonna to teach people and educate them while we entertain them. They're going to be unaware because they're going to be so entertained. But we're going to deal with mental illness, you know, just society, stigmas and 
and just unlearning a lot of dysfunctional ways that we become accustomed to. We're going to address that thing. And it's, it's called the other side of a lie, which is the truth. You know, a lot of people don't like the truth. The truth will get you in some trouble, but we're going to we're going to stand on it. The title itself grabbed my attention immediately. Just you saying the other side of a lie, you know, that grabbed me, intrigued me already. I'm, I can't wait till it comes out, man. This is our Valentine's Day episode, Nick. Now, you mentioned that you're married. Now, I wasn't going to say anything, guys, but uh, a quick backstory. Me and this young man actually served together in the Navy. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, 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 my wife is on. Uh, she's nearby. Don't hey, go listen down. To me. Listen, to me. I, all I'm going to say, man, is like you weren't always married. That's, that's just, that's, I'll just leave it at that. Nah, I'm, okay. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't always married, man. And truth be told, for me, just knowing you personally, I never thought you'd get to that point. What was it about your wife that got you, man? Like, you know what? This is this is the one that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Because when I saw, I heard from God. Wow. Mm. Wow. 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 That was, that was it. And I, I, I stopped and dropped everything because I knew it was true. I cried a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That, that's one thing I'm always try to do is obey God. And I, and that was one that was one thing. Um that was one blessing I just didn't want to miss. Absolutely, absolutely. Wonderful story indeed. Very simple, straight to the point, man. Again, congratulations on everything, you know, the marriage, the, the stage plays, the book that's coming, man. Can uh the company, Passions Way Productions is the name of the company. You can go on the internet. Researching, you can find out all about the author. You can buy the merch. Y'all got merch on there. Uh, yes, you sir. How you can audition to be possibly be in one of the stage plays. Nick, again, thank you so much for being on the Good Good Podcast. Now, before we get out of here, we got to give you an opportunity to plug in how people can follow you. Anything you want to know about yourself or Patchway Productions, anything that's coming up in the future, throw it out there. Man, I, I first of all, I want to I want to thank God first for this opportunity. I want to thank you for having me, man. I want to thank all your listeners for tuning in. If you want to find us, everything Passageway Productions, you can go to passagewayproductions.com, Facebook, Instagram. Those are the only platforms that we're really on, but we got, you know, things you can download, some of the plays and inspiration. If you need inspiration, we got that for you. But just check us out. And I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful for having you. And I wish I could tell some stories about you, but I'm going to let you live. No, no, I'm good. I'm good, man. They don't need to man. What you're going to have to do, man, is come back and do the whole episode. And you can tell all the stories you want, okay? Oh, most <laughs> definitely, man. I look forward to it, man. I, and I'm so I'm so proud of you as well. And it was so good to see your face, bro. Hey, absolutely, man. Again, and, and thank you for your service, man. You really as well. All right, all right. Again, Nicholas Howard, President and CEO of Passway Productions, our guest on The Good Good. Now back to the show. And again, welcome back, guys. That was our Good Good segment with Mr. Nicholas Howard. Go check him out on Passageway Productions to see what type of things they got new, up and coming. And uh, check out their stage plays, man. Go cop them. They're really, really good. Again, big shout out to Nick Howard and Passageway Productions. Guys, are y'all ready to get into it? I'm always ready. Let's go. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So what's for first, Kim? At first, we got to pay tribute to Earth, Wind, and the Fire Let's with do it. Love's Holiday. Woo!
Allow me uh, some can, emblem, elements. What? Can we say something all together? What? All together now. One, two, three. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, guys, that was the Elements Earth, Wind, and Fire with Love's Holiday, released in 1977 from the album All in All. This particular song, now, double check twice, Byron, now. Now, you can correct me if you need to, but however, this song in particular did not chart. However, the album itself peaked at number three on the U.S. Billboard 200 and number one on the Soul albums. And definitely one of those songs where they, they get as much love when they first released, but like over time within the culture, it garnered more popularity. No, more notably, this is Steve Harvey's favorite song. Exactly. He also, as well as with Lenny Williams, he put this song back on the map with the Kings of Comedy movie. And I remember him doing something like, I think it was when Earth, Wind & Fire was being recognized on uh, the BET or whatever. And he was co-hosting or hosting the show and or introducing them. And he started singing this song. And of course the audience went, oh. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, whenever I hear this song, I immediately think about black radio in general. Mm-hmm. Black radio, because this is something that not a day goes by that we hear this song. I mean, I, I think we hear it almost every day, uh, most times, most cases. At least once a week, you're going to hear it played throughout the day. If you're listening to Heart and Soul, if you're listening to Groove or Sirius XM or whatever, if you're listening to any of our local classic R&B stations, you're going to hear this song at least once mm-hmm. a week. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. Absolutely. You know absolutely. what I think about when I hear this song? When Kings of Comedy came out, right at this song, you can see my ex with some heifer in the audience singing to the song. You've got to be joking. Are you serious? serious We weren't together at the time, so it's okay, but (laughs) that's what I think about. (laughs) Lord. (laughs) Wow. What was your expression? I can only see your expression. No, but we weren't we weren't together at the time, Mm -hmm. and I think it was before we started dating. So it wasn't like I was mad or anything. But that's what I think about because he's right there. You can see him. Oh, it was before you all were together, not after. Right, I believe so. Right. Okay. Okay, but that's still funny though. (laughs) He's in the movie. Yeah, he's in it. He's in it. Wow. Watch it. You'll see him. And he, ain't, he, ain't, he, ain't the one with, he ain't the one with the gold chains that he was in the front, was it? I don't know. I don't think so. He was with some light skin chick. That's all I know. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. But watch it. You'll see him. All right. <laughs> right at that moment. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's next, Kim? Next up is uh, Jilly from Philly. He loves me. Mm. Excited by Yes, mm. my girl, Jill Scott. 
He Loves Me, Lizelle in E-flat, was sung by Jill Scott from her debut album. She was doing that kind of stuff on her first album, which is Who is Jill Scott, Words and Sounds, Volume 1, which came out in 2000. That was 23 years ago, y'all. The song was released as a single on November 21st, 2001 in support of her live album and received heavy rotation on BET and VH1. And the song was nominated for Best Female R&B Vocal Performance at the 2000 Grammy Awards. You know, that song right there just kind of, it, it does it for me. What My favorite part is actually the end when she she goes she gets into the spill where she's kind of like almost to like her what do you call it like a spoken word she's talking about how the guy makes her feel that's my favorite mm-hmm. part of the song this is a pretty much a staple as far as like quiet storm type mm-hmm. uh, music jill scott she can't lose mm-hmm. god guys think <laughs> i have each of you still laughing while you laughing i have each and every one of her albums huge jill scott fan will be singing her next month i believe july not july march fourth am in Colombia, and you have to listen to this whole album man if you have not this album was the one of the most spectacular albums being her first album i, I mean, agree oh my goodness i think the very first song i heard was honey molasses and mm. i didn't even know who jill scott was i'm sitting there with my friends we playing spades and i had to stop and look at the radio like what the hell that's <laughs> yeah, about fact. i remember this? i got to get with a promo that had honey molasses and long walk on it and i was like oh this is gonna be off the chain this artist and i became actually obsessed with jill scott during this initial phase of her career and this song right here i was like oh my gosh i can hear this actually housed up i can see hear this at the shelter and sure enough there was a bootleg version that was done that was in the mix on the dance floor i think and, i've heard that one I and think it, I've she, heard she it. included it on the the i guess it was like a couple of, well, not not remix album but the second album it was like a double album Mm-hmm. You remember? Uh, oh, you heard uh, a live? It, it, it was live, right? Right, mm-hmm. live, and then there's some new songs on it. But at the very end of disc two, there's a ghost track, and that's the house version on the on the ghost track. But when I saw her perform this live, I was taken aback because she housed it herself. Mm. Mm. She turned. I mean, it you into, must what, see her live. You yeah, must. She see turned her it into live. A, like a disco song. So I was like, oh my goodness, this is off the chain. Love her. Yeah. Now, how'd it go again, Byron? <laughs> and if you don't know, I think she was just 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 uh, working on her vocals and stuff because she <laughs> there was a lot of singing. I don't know. 
But it's, I like uh, it. It cracks like me it. up every time I, like I hear it. that part. I just crack up. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's summoning something there. It's just definitely what she was doing. But hey, nevertheless, that was going to hear that great song. Great pick, Kim. What's next? Next up, one of everyone's favorite group band who still played music was Tony, Tony, Tony. Mm-hmm. Anniversary. Victoria will be no secret at the end of the day. Can never you go know wrong. what today is? <laughs> Our anniversary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Anniversary is a song by beloved R&B group, Tony, Tony, Tony. It was released on September 14th, 1993 as the second single from their studio album, Signs of Soul. And the song was produced by the group itself and written by group member Raphael Wiggins, known as Raphael Sadiq, and keyboardist. Carl Wheeler. The song became a hit for Tony, 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 of course, peaking at number 10 on the hot Billboard Hot 100 and at number two on the R&B chart. It was certified gold, shipping 500,000 copies in the U.S. alone. And it was well received by all music critics, including Robert Criscow, who named it the 13th best song of 1993. It also earned the group a Grammy Award nomination for Best R&B Song and Best R&B Performance by a Duo with Vocals in 1994. What do you all think of this gem? I think it's always, not really funny, but like it's always cool every day when I look at my Facebook feed. And whenever somebody's having some type of anniversary, their post is usually, do you know what today is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show the, the mark that this particular song made. I mean, it was probably one of the biggest hits of the 90s to say the least, as far as like love songs are concerned. And uh, it just shows a testament to the genius of Tony, Tony, Tony. Now, now Byron, I need to ask a question. I probably shouldn't, but I'm curious. You say Raphael Sadiq's actual name is Raphael Wiggins, and now is it related to Dwayne Wiggins? Are they related or is it just a coincidence? They're brothers. They're brothers. That's exactly why I shouldn't have asked that question. It's like I should have known that. Um, (laughs) But needless to say, I never thought about it. It's just, you know, one of those things. Uh, Actually, from what I understand, Raphael isn't even his first name. Nope, it's, it's like not. Willie, right? No, Charles Ray Wiggins is his actual name. Okay. But oh. he adopted Raphael Sadiq. I would have done the same thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Ken? Uh, I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> you know, I love anything Tony Tony does. I love me some Raphael Sadiq. And like you said, this is a staple in our community when it comes to not just anniversaries, but songs that as soon as someone says, do you know what today is? You better know what to say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was an instant classic when it was released. Classic. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. What's next, Kim? Another song that came out in the 90s that everyone used to love is Peace of My Love by Guy. Mm. Taking us back to the great mm-hmm. days. Woo. Peace of My Love by Guy. Ooh, that was a track found on their self-titled debut, which was released in June of 1988. Guy, Peace of My Love. This song was actually an unofficial single. It was really never released as a single, but it gained heavy airplay on R&B radio. But there is a topic at hand about this song. There's an urban legend discussion about this song. And you all Mm -hmm. may recall Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the song, it is assumed that Hall sang the words Dumb at the beginning of the track. The rumor was so widespread and it was even referenced by Carmen in this song, reminding me of Self, the first single from his 1997 album, One Day It'll Make Sense. In a 2000 interview with Vibe Magazine, Riley insisted that it wasn't what Hall was saying, but rather, come on, babe. I don't know. That doesn't sound like come on, babe. And to support his claim, he played the master tapes and isolated Hall's vocals to prove otherwise. The album started recording on October 1987 and was completed in March 1988. And this was also what I call an instant R&B classic. What do you all think? This is an absolute gem. Back in the days when you had self-titled albums by by um, artists and whatnot, I miss those days to say the least. This one, again, you talk about Aaron Hall. Aaron Hall is probably one of the most underrated singers of his time. And I'm just wondering whatever happened to him, to be perfectly honest with you. But I mean, say talk about this song, Peace of My Love. That entire album spawned several hits, including this one. I think I was I like on this one as well. I like. It sure was. Yeah, that Teddy's one. Jam. Teddy's Jam. Um, Groove Me. Groove Me. There's one more. Um, bye I bye like bit. Round and Round. round, and yeah. round. Honestly, that whole album was another masterpiece. That's one of them. You can call me crazy. You can call me crazy. You can call me crazy. You can play that whole album. Yeah. Still do. Jam out. Rotation. Absolutely. It's a great song, to say the least. I love this song. I think it's a great pick, Byron, to say the least. Um, (laughs) Right. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But back to what you were talking about, Byron, we used to analyze the mess out of this song. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I still don't believe what Teddy Riley said. I think that's what he said, because... Mm -hmm. Pretty much the the storyline of the song is you can have a piece, not all of his love, because he still belonged to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You can have a piece of it. But hey, 
<laughs> and you, she's been reeled in. So she's a who? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, seems like you said it also on Teddy's jam. Dumb, dumb bitch. Oh, I mean, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Those ad libs, I tell you, will get you in trouble at times, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they will. The truth comes out in the adverbs. It does. It really does. But what's next, Kim? Next up is Freddie Jackson. Have you ever loved somebody? Let's go. I can teach you how to love again. If you just trust in me, I can show you things you never seen. You don't know how much I'm missing. Have you ever loved somebody? Can you learn to love somebody? The way somebody loves you. You know, guys, if you can remember back in the 80s and early 90s where there was like Prince versus Michael Jackson, hmm. you know, that you had to have like a Freddie Jackson versus Luther. Uh-huh. I, I, I mean, I mean, I never really of, put them in, ex, in in the same category. The only I, but, I, but people did. Yeah, because, because of their size at the time, I guess. Because yeah, they both yeah. could sing their butts off and they both were kind of hefty kind of dudes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. there was no comparison for me. Mm-hmm. No, it really wasn't. But at the same time, Freddie Jackson held his own. He did. To say the least. But needless to say, as far as this song is concerned, that was Have You Ever Loved Somebody by Freddie Jackson, released in 1986 from the album Just Like the First Time. This is the second release from that album. The fifth number one by him on the Hot Black Singles Chart. It peaked at number 69 on the Hot 100. Number 33 on the UK Singles Chart. Sampled by Najee on his single, The Sun Comes Up. And just a great love song. One of those songs, you know, you got to have in your playlist when you're getting ready to do those extra adult contemporary activities. Extracurricular <laughs> activities. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's just it's just that jam. Big shout out to Country Wayne, comedian sensation. He, this is one of his favorite songs as well. And I had to plug that in. Maybe listening. One of his people may be listening. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So needless to say, I love this song. What do you guys think? I love uh, it. Go ahead, Kim. I want to hear your perspective first. Well, back in the day, they used to play this song all the time. They played it all the time. And you remember all of his videos used to have the same woman in it almost every time. Mm-hmm. And she was beautiful, too. I couldn't tell you who what she her was. She was that is. spokesmodel. She won uh, Star Search. Uh, I believe you're right. In the first couple of seasons, she was the only one that ever to get four stars every time and she ended up winning and i, I want to i can't remember her name it's not kenya but she gives you she reminds you of of kenya from the real house kind of does because mm-hmm. they have they're both beautiful with the clear eyes she had like <clears throat> either her eyes were either green or blue i can't remember but she's dark skin or brown uh-huh. skin sister very beautiful very beautiful tracy ross is her name she pops up from time to time you might see her in commercials or, and anyway anyway go ahead <laughs> Go ahead. But yes, Fred, I mean, like we were saying, Freddie Jackson held his own. However, he he never got just that little bit of a kick that Luther had. What do you say, Barr? Why, why do you say I, that? Is, why do you think that is, Barr? Well, I, I wouldn't see that. This is the thing. I never put him in the same category as Luther. Luther just dominates 
that male, black male balladeer category. I mean, he's at the top. Nobody's touching Luther. But with Freddie Jackson, he was more of a younger, more upbeat version of Luther. And I think that's probably where he remained because this album itself had like five good, I know five mm-hmm. good bangers, like Tasty Love. You that whole album. Jam really. Tonight. That's my jam still. Jam, jam tonight, tonight was my song. Mm-hmm. You know, so I never really put him against Luther. I mean, I just saw them as two capable singers that had their own identities. True, true. But you you have to see some of the similarities. But I'm beginning mm-hmm. to feel what it was. Is Did Freddie Jackson cross over to pop? I think Jam Tonight was a, wasn't that a pop? I'm not really sure. But I think Luther definitely was able to cross mm-hmm. over. And I think that's what it was, is he was able to cross over to pop where everyone got to hear his melodious voice where Freddie, he was more of R&B. R&B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's what it was. You know, again, the comparisons are there, but needless to say, I understand where Byron's coming from, that you know, Luther's in a class by itself. We don't disagree with that. But at the time, I think there were, you know, the comparisons were fair at the time, you know, because they were kind of both on a similar playing field, even though, you know, Luther was the more dominating voice and we're going to be the, mo- the more legendary of the two. I think it's fair to say back in 1986, they were pretty much on, on level playing fields. So needless to say, this is a great song. I must have in your playlist collection. And what's next, Kim? Well, you know what's next. Since we've been talking about him, let's talk about Luther because it's really love. All right. I used to say I love you every day To make you really know To trust in the things I say But look at me now and you can clearly see the love I feel for you, you don't need words from me, because it's love, because it's love, because it's really love, it's really love, because it's love, because it's all the way. And this is dedicated to my mama because she loved her some Lufa. And this was Really Love, the eighth song from his Give Me the Reason album, which was his fifth studio album. And again, that was Luther Vandross. This was released on September 26, 1986. So, yeah, what say you? I think this is when we started seeing the new version of Luther. Mm-hmm. He had, had slimmed down a little bit and you could tell he was happy. He was in this different space. So this song is just another gem from that classic album, Give Me The Reason. The title track alone, I could listen to all day as well as Stop To Love and all of that. But this is a staple. This is this is a Quiet Storm staple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I said when I first heard this. This has got WBLS written all over it. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is, so mean, you just love giving props to WBLS. <laughs> I swear, what he always does. But it's funny. But this is what's funny. He's from Blakely, Georgia. Right. I don't even bring up WBLS that much. <laughs> and I, I like BLS too, but goodness, they're not the originators. <laughs> <laughs> keep it they, they did the same when it comes to the quiet song. Yes, I mean, they did. They, they did. did. They did. <laughs> but anyway, I'm saying this is a great hit by Luther, Little Luther, as said the entertainer would call him. Some people may think you know 
Little Luther didn't spawn as as good mu- as people think that Little Luther's music wasn't as good as Big Luther's music, quote unquote, so to speak. And I'm just I, speaking. I can't say that. I can't. I, uh, yeah. I'm not going to say that. I'm just quoting Cedric the Entertainer. That's all I'm doing. Okay. But anyway, I think all of Luther's music, big or little, was sentimental. It was great. And this one also is no different. Right. It continues to trend. And I think mm-hmm. this was the, probably one of his most successful albums because it crossed over. It was a huge mm-hmm. pop success. So I think it may be one, if not the best, his best performing album on the pop chart because of those other singles that he released. Absolutely. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but. No, I think-, I think you're right. I think you're right. That was another album that you can just listen to from beginning to end. And mm-hmm. it was all songs that many of us probably still remember to this day. Yeah. Yeah, I was. In, I think I was in what ninth grade. This is like eighty seven, six, eighty six, eighty seven time frame. I yeah, think you're eight, right. Eight I think yeah. you're right. So because yeah. eighty seven, I was in ninth grade. So you're right. Okay, in eighty seven, I was eight years old. You know, mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> what's what's <they> do? <laughs> Well, as a testament to. Luther Vandross and his longevity and his great music. Next up, I have Layla Hathaway singing one of his classics, Forever, For Always, For Love. I see what you did there. I know, right? Again, again, Layla is one of the only people I know that could take a Luther Vandross song and damn near sing it better than he did. Goodness. Mm-hmm. She Layla did. She Layla did. Layla did. And that's what she did. <laughs> that's what she did with Anita Baker song. She just Layla did. And just like, wow. Like, uh, take it. Okay. <laughs> but this is from Layla Hathaway. And this was on her 2004 Outrun the Sky album, where she was able to top the hot R&B charts with this song as a tribute to Luther Vandross. And it was also included in the tribute album also. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, Layla Hathaway is genius. Yes, she I, is. I she, is. she inherited a lot of her, her father's musical talents, to say mm-hmm. the and she's embodied it and made herself one of the most top female R&B artists to reckon with, even now. You mm-hmm. know, I agree. She is just that 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 female. She's just that woman, to say the least. And like you said, like Kim mentioned, how she bodied also the Anita Baker track. Anytime you can body an Anita Baker track the way she did, that says something. That and says something. That says a lot. And needless to say, she bodied this one by Luther, and she just cemented herself as a legend. Just being honest, an understated legend. She's mm, very yes, humbly she stepped into the spotlight from the start and just held her own. And I will also say that to hear her sing this live, I remember in two thousand, I think two thousand four timeframe, going to her concert and just 
sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for her to sing this song, <laughs> this particular song, which wasn't until like deep into her set, of course. But I love me some Layla Hathaway. And this is another song that's along the line of all of the hits that she's released. Even if it didn't chart, it was a hit as far as I'm concerned. It was a chart on, in our hearts. How about that? Exactly. But I was really thinking about to add to what Marcus said. Her father was taken from our world prematurely. And it's like all the potential that he had went straight into his child. Yes. That's right and, and she is bodying it. I mean, I mean. She she don't have to get no Grammys, even though she's had some. She don't have to get all the awards. She just needs to continue to do what she does with that beautiful voice of hers. And Good question we- for you guys. What's your favorite Layla Hathaway song? Shoot. Well, honestly, I was editing one of our old episodes. I believe it was the vibing. And it was the, the honestly, the, my favorite is the remake of I'm Coming Home. I'm I'm coming back. Mm, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm coming back was her original song, but she redid it, I believe, in 2006. And with Rochelle oh Pharrell. my God, with yeah, Rochelle Pharrell. And yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah, that played last week on our radio show. That, uh, by the way, hey guys, uh, if you're in the city of Miami, Georgia, check out our radio show Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WKOD LPFM 92.7. Had to plug that in real quick. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys. Layla, man, that's that's probably my favorite too. Hmm. Um, other than the remake of the, the Anita Baker song, Angel. That's probably one of my favorites too. You know, I like that one, but I think my favorite one comes from her debut album as well. And I think it might be Baby Don't Cry because that was mm. her collaboration with Angela Winbush. Mm-hmm. You know, you could hear her influence in that song. And that song has always resonated with me. So I think that probably would be my favorite Layla song. Yeah. And guys, check her out. She's also got a song now in rotation with her and Boney James called Coasting. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's, it is a banger as well. So check that one out. She's worked and, with him many times. Yes, yeah. she has. And definitely check her out. She'll be in Atlanta, I believe, at City Winery, February, I believe, 24th and 25th. So definitely check her out. Go to citywinery.com and see when she will be performing. And there you have it. What's next, Kim? Next up, I have Music Soul Child. Love. Many nights I've cried from the things you do. Felt like I could die from the thought of losing you. I know that you're real. With no doubts and no fears and no questions. Okay, <laughs> yeah, guys. Uh, that was "Love" by Music Soul Child, released in 2000 from the "I Just Want to Sing" album, classic album, by the way. Debuted on the Billboard Hot R&B and Hip Hop charts on December 30th of 2000. Spent 38 weeks on those charts, peaked at number two. Entered the Hot 100 on February 17th 
2001, spending 22 weeks and peaking at number 24. I'm pretty sure being Valentine's Day, that's probably why it entered the charts to around that time, to say the least. But I got a confession to make, y'all, and this is probably going to throw y'all for a loop. This is not one of my favorite songs by him. It's oh. not one of mine either. Mine either. Oh, so, wow. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> decided to do this episode. I thought it was necessary that we had to put it on here. I'm, a, I'm a, from the title alone. Mm-hmm. But truth be told, this is not one of my favorite songs. I'm pretty sure I, there was a, a slew of other songs I could have chosen, but I just felt like this song needed to be somewhere in the mix, being that it's a For the Lover and You song. But anyway, guys, you can't deny the success that the song had, to say the least. But what do you guys say? My favorite was Half Crazy. That was my song. That's, but that's my that favorite. Is my, that's my favorite. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'll be, I'd be jamming. But this is a great song. It's perfect for Valentine's Day or just being with your loved one. Just all about love. Yeah. This is one of those parallel songs for me. I, I definitely love the song. Like It's not one of my favorites, but Trinity 357 remade it into a gospel song. And even before they did their version, I was kind of hearing the lyrics, listening to the lyrics of the song. And I said, you know, you could talk about God with this song because love and God is love. Uh, however you want to call it or lord or whatever you want to call that's it. why i always say there's a message in every song yeah and, and it's a universal message here so that's why i like the song but my favorite i mm, you know what i think one of my favorites by him might be one of his more upbeat songs for the night i think it's wasn't the have a song called for tonight yeah for tonight for the night i think in the video he's like roller skating they're out at the skating rink or something like that with ari's at the end singing at the my favorite song would be Buddy. How Buddy is a good one. If I if I didn't have to hear that song again, I'd be so happy. Because <laughs> they played, played the that song. mess out of that song. that song. And his voice was just so ugh, annoying yeah. to me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, music, you're a great artist. But that song, it was just well overplayed. And uh, I can shelf it. Oh. <laughs> Hey, there's a following comments belong to Byron Bino Brown. <laughs> alone. And they do not. Yeah, that's just that one <laughs> song, though. That was your debut. But everything else I truly love. All right. I'll tell you what. We'll move on, then. What's next, Kim? <laughs> next up is Atlantic Star Always. song yes indeed always 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 by beloved r&b group atlantic star this song was the second single from their seventh studio album all in the name of love classic album i love that album and that song i wish i would have thought about that song i completely forgot about it until i saw your song well i channeled (laughs) you i felt you so you can you you, we're hand in hand with this one it's our cousin telepathy 
Yes, yeah. yes. This song, this single was actually the biggest hit for Atlantic Star. It peaked at number one on both the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 as well as the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart in June of 1987. And it's the band's only number one hit, believe it or not. Really? Um, it spent two weeks at the Wait top a of it. Yeah. Secret, Secret Lovers didn't make number did, I know. What, no. Secret Lovers? No, I don't think Secret Lover made it to number one. It was up there, though. It was definitely fighting for it. But this song also spent two weeks at the top of the U.S. adult contemporary chart. And it topped the Canadian RPM charts in July of the same year. And it remained at the top for two weeks. So it definitely had a great run that year. And it's memorable. It's definitely one of those wedding songs. Exactly. That you could not get away from that year still, you know. What do you all think? Exactly. When I think about this song, I think about, like you said, it was a wedding song. It was this song and Here and Now by Luther Vandross. They used to play in rotation. The wedding video version. Yes. (laughs) But what what you were saying before, I'm like, well, that if that's the only one, you mean Silver Shadow didn't even make it? No, no, Silver Shadow, that was I think that probably scratched the surface. If it even hit the yeah, if it even hit I don't even that even got to the pop charts, but I know it was a big r&b hit but we can research that we can see what all is happening with those other songs because that was an interesting era of atlantic star when they had personnel changes that was when Mm. brenda weathers joined after what's the name sharon bryant was the original lead singer for atlantic star she had already left and then they brought in brenda weathers who of course is singing on on a duet of this song look at Um, you remembering names and stuff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, I said Brenda Weathers. It's actually Barbara Weathers. I'm sorry, Barbara. Yeah. Barbara, <laughs> yes, Barbara Weathers was her name. And she went on and had a, a solo project. I loved her as a solo artist as well. But this was an interesting time for that band because it was a huge sound change, personnel change that they went through and had their largest success during this period of time. Absolutely. You can't deny the popularity of this song. During this time frame, everybody knew the song. I mean, it was in heavy rotation on the radio. Even heavy at a young rotation. Yeah, yeah. Even a young age, I still remember hearing this song all the time. When I say all the time, all I mean all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah. But I'm definitely a, a staple in the R&B community. Can't deny Atlantic Star's success, to say the least. I love this song. A great pick, Byron. Thank you. But to add to this, Secret Lovers did go to number one on the adult contemporary charts. So we can easily say that then always it may be their biggest hit because it was on hot 100 secret lovers was only at number three on the hot 100 but it did get to number one on the adult contemporary so there we have it with that all right good work what's next we cannot do a for the lovers episode without some stevie wonder with each beat of my heart Before I go to sleep From the time I saw your face I knew no other could erase My loving you with each beat of my heart Until the day I heard you speak I didn't know that sound was sweet Every time when playing and the serious begins, like the love that I feel from the start, 
Now, this one is dedicated to my baby, Alana Davis. I believe, I'm 99% sure, Aww. that this song was playing as I drove myself to the hospital to give birth. Get out. Yes. And Aww. this was from Stevie Wonder's 1987 Characters album. was track number four. And this was his 21st studio album released in 1987. That was classic. It was memorable. And... I remember hearing this on Quiet Storm in Atlanta. It's a staple. Yeah, I love the song. You can't go with Stevie Wonder. This is just one of his many, 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 many hits, to say the least. And I just I just love this song. I really do. I mean, you just love Stevie. I mean. <laughs> Can Stevie even record a bad ballad? Can, no. Is there, I mean, anything by him in the past, can you say he shouldn't have recorded that? Anything you can think of? Not at all. Not at all. Even his Jungle Fever album was so good to me i remember almost all the songs from that album so you know as certain artists begin to age and they start yelling instead of singing he still sang he still sang great great choice great choice here thank you thank you yeah what's next kim next up is some quincy jones and various artists with the secret garden let's make Oh my gosh, you guys. The Secret Garden, Sweet Seduction Sweet. That's a song you can hear on Quincy Jones's album, Back on the Block. Very classic album. And it's featuring American R&B singers, Albie Shure, James Ingram, Elder Barge, and Barry White. It was released as a single in the late, I guess it was like the late fall of 1989 and peaked at number one on the Billboard Black Singles Charts one week into 1990. That's how quickly it rose to the top. It also reached number 31 on the Billboard Hot 100, number 26 on the Adult Contemporary Chart, and 67 on the UK Chart. So this um, is a testament to Quincy Jones as a producer. He knew exactly what who to put on that song. Exactly he sure did. He, he sure yeah. did. So this song was written by Quincy Jones, Rod Temperton, Saidi Garrett, DeBarge, and produced by, of course, Quincy Jones. And to me, I think it transformed the structure of ballads because when I first heard it, I was awestruck. I was speechless because we had never heard a ballad like this before that kind of flowed like this and as well as featuring so many different people on it. So what did you all think? This is probably one of the top 10 love songs, R&B love songs of all time. I would go on a limb to say, I mean. I would support you on that one. I, I, I mean, you can't, I mean, it's just think about the lineup. You've got Barry White, Jeffrey Osborne. No, James Ingram. James Ingram. Sorry, excuse me. I get those, I get those guys confused. <laughs> you got DeBarge. Barge. Oh, that was DeBarge. 
uh-huh, Elder Barge. I'll be sure. And, and I'll be sure. And again, four heavy hitters, say the least, behind, you know, the, the genius of Quincy Jones. There was no way this song was going to lose. And it's standing the test of time. And I'm like, you, Byron, I mean, when I first heard it, I'm like, whoa. You know, it's just like so many elements in the song, you know, to say the least. And I just, it's just, I just love it. Even to this day, I mean, it's just, it never gets old to me. Have you guys heard the remake of it? That's out. By Foreplay? No, not that one. The one, is it Foreplay that's featuring Cisco? And no, Foreplay Raheem was Devon? like a long time ago, okay. back in the 90s. They Foreplay did it. But you're talking about with Raheem Devon, Cisco, which they did a really good job. They, they did a good job, but, but I prefer the original. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah, it was a nice stab. The original stands the test of time, regardless of who may cover it. And shout out to Raheem Devon. Mm -hmm. Just came to me. I forgot about you, which is one of my favorite songs. We should have included that. Next time, it will be included. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, Raheem Devon is another one that doesn't get his just um, celebration. So. I remember his first album. He was so good. So good. I still play it. Yes. Absolutely. What's next, Kim? Next up. Someone added in sync, which is a good song. Gone. Stay tuned, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting here, get you off my mind. Get you off of my mind. best to be a man and be strong. Be a man and be strong. Wishing I could touch your face. Truth remains you. All right. So, great song. Great song. All right. Thank you, Kimberly. Somebody on this panel may not agree with you, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Let's I like the in- song. It's a great song, but go ahead. Continue. Okay. <laughs> let's, get, let's get into the tidbits first, okay? Yes. That was in sync with Gone, released in 2001 from the album Celebrity. This was the number one single by Justin Timberfake, excuse me, Timberlake, who sings all the vocals in this song. This peaked at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100, number 14 on the hip hop and R&B charts. In sync was the only pop boy band to do to have such a feat. Now, we've had discussion in the past when it relates to Justin Timberlake and how he just kind of like infiltrated the world of R&B and kind of stole from a lot of people's styles and whatnot. But however, the reason why I put this song on my list, because I mean, just listen to it. It was good. It was was a good song. And this was this song was the reason why he was able to infiltrate the The crossover exactly because producers were like, "Wait a minute, listen to this boy." Yeah, Yeah. he caught the attention of all of the world of R and B with this. And you got to give him his props. You got to. And he was able to stand out. He led the song and stood out with it, and it was a hit. So nothing to take away from the song itself. It was a great song. I was singing along with it. I enjoyed the video and all of that. I love the group in sync. I have nothing against the group in sync. And really nothing against Timber Lake at the time, that particular time, because that was before the true character was Thank you. known. But post era of Gone, I 
don't care to hear anything this guy is on. I, I still play his first album, Justified, to this day, which is a very good album. How about we listen to the album and then I've heard make it. decisions? I, I, I still love that album. I, um, But yeah, the first time I heard this song, I, I think we all did a triple take. Like, mm-hmm. what? And yeah. think, really? But he did the dang thing. He did. He sure did. Yeah, I can, I can even remember the radio jocks when they were introducing the song, like, yo, like, y'all got to listen to this. I think they were just... R&B played it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I think they were just so taken back by, by the fact that this was an actual a, a pop boy band that happened to be white. And they were, like, bodying this R&B type style song. And But how soon we forget? I mean, that wasn't the first time that's happened. Nope. We had Holland Oats and we've had Toto in the past. So I think it was it was a longing for that era to usher in that because that that brought us back to those days in the 80s where certain groups were either considered pop or white bands were crossing over and having success on the R&B charts. And it just had not been done in a while because of the stage, I think. Right. But the thing about it is this was a, this wasn't just an, um, an average band. This was a pop boy band. Mm-hmm. That I consider Paul Notes more R&B than pop. I think they can kind of lean either way to me. But I and think- we have to also consider the fact that producers were looking for that golden egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who produced this one, by the way? Does anyone know? Um, was it- I was going to ask that question. Good question, Brian. Was it Timbaland? No. No. I think this, this is before the Timbaland and Pharrell got involved. Yeah. This is definitely before they were even looking in that direction i believe i think this this was the reason why they got involved because that was a money maker yeah. justin um, was the golden egg baby he was the golden egg yeah it was produced yeah. by wade robson believe it or not who wade robson really right okay ah uh, it was written hey. initially written by timberlake and wade robson for michael jackson in 2001 so they wrote oh. it for michael jackson however michael jackson passed on a song which allowed timberlake to introduce it to A&R for NSYNC's next album, Celebrity, that was to follow. And it was the first song Timberland, not Timberland, Timberlake <laughs> cut on his own as he brought it to the group to record together. And they say Jackson eventually changed his mind and requested it to be featured on the song as a duet. However, the song was already released and the two could not find a way to revamp it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting, to say the least. Okay. Great song, though, to me, needless to say. But uh, what's next, Kim? Next up is Fifth Dimension, One Less Bell to Answer.
all I do is cry when I hear Marilyn McCoo <laughs> <laughs> singing this song, man. Oh mm. my God, man. She her voice is just spectacular on this track. That was one less bell to answer by the group Fifth Dimension. Again, featuring the vocals of Marilyn McCoo from the 1970 album Poetry. This was written by the incomparable Burt Bacharach, who was wrote many, many songs for many, many, many different artists. It was originally written in 1967 for Keely Smith, but rediscovered by Bones Howe. You can actually see a session where they're recording the song in an episode to catch a thief. No, I don't. I, I, I never heard of it either. I'm just going by what Wikipedia says. All right, shut up, Kim. Uh, <laughs> no, anyway, no, I'm <laughs> thinking about something else. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this reached number two on the Hot 100 and number one on the Adult Contemporary, number four on the Best Selling Singles uh, in 1970. Just a great song, to say the least. What do you guys say? What I was thinking about is the reason I know this song is because of my choir director at University High School in Newark, New Jersey, had us singing this song. So that's how I know this song. Oh, wow. (laughs) Nice repertoire there. Yeah, she had us singing everything. I loved her. I'm sorry, I cannot remember her name right now. That's what I was trying to think of. But yeah. (laughs) This song takes me back to those early mornings, getting ready for school. And my mom and dad would have us listening to... At the time, I guess equivalently, it would be considered jazz now, but that was when that elevator music was like playing or whatever. And you would hear the, these like big band type songs like this, you know, from the era. Or like, like soft rock. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even, it wasn't soft rock because none of it was rock. It was always the sound is Burt Bacharach type of sound, Dionne Warwick or, mm-hmm. you know, gosh, all of the other like quite equivalent acts that sang that the carpenters you would hear. And I think that helped shape me and my brother's musical taste because it was very eclectic in the sense that, you know, in one instance, we turn to another station and hear R&B music and soul music. But every morning as we're getting ready for school, we were listening to this and we actually enjoyed it. And I remember this was like another one by fifth dimension that was also popular that they would play as well. But, uh, this is classic. I'm sorry. Up, up and away, my beautiful balloon. They mm-hmm. they would play that too. They would play that, but there was another this one. Is um, so go ahead. So picnic, Southern Soul Picnic. Uh, it was last um, night. I couldn't get to sleep at all. No, no. That one. Last oh. night I couldn't get. Yeah, that one was another one that they would play, and I was like, oh wow. And then of course when she started posting solid goal, I was like, oh that's what you call it from. You know, that we would hear every morning. But but that was before Solid Gold was on and all that good stuff. Anyway, back down memory lane. Yeah, yeah. That was a great song. And I guess our regular rotation on Channel 49 on Sirius. What's it called, Kim? It's not Groove, but Uh, something Soul. Yeah. Soul Town? Uh, Soul Town, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another staple on Soul Town. What's next, Kim? Next up... One of my favorites, Erica Badu, Orange Moon. I'm an orange moon. I'm brighter than before. Brighter than ever before. I'm an orange moon. And I shine so bright. Cause I. Reflect the light of my sun. 
she can sing them to me all day. Honey, this is the 10th song from our girl Erica Badu, Mama's Gun, which is my favorite album. Hmm. Yes, this was released in 2000. This Mama's Gun would be best known for Bag Lady. But again, you must listen to the whole album because this is on there and it's another one of her beautiful songs that's perfect for For the Lovers episode. What say you? Oh my gosh. This song right here is one of those elegant songs. And actually, when I think of Erica Badu, I have to say this about her. She was eloquent and elegant with a lot of her music from the very from the very first album to her ballads. You know you're gonna be in for a good seven minutes. Honey, speaking of seven minutes, yeah. But my actual favorite song from that album is "Green Eyes." Green Eyes, and I was I was gonna mention that because her ballads start out one way, and especially "Green Eyes." That one has so many like what three different movements. Exactly, one. It's three Um, parts. It's it's dealing with a man. Go ahead, go. And this and this (laughs) song kind of does the same. Kind of has a little similar flow because it changes up a little bit but yeah this is top shelf we're talking top shelf again don't let me break out the list of who's on the top shelf but you know (laughs) he's up there in this song it has its own little shelf as far as singles are concerned yes it does yes it does Uh, is that what she's talking about her eyes are green because she eats a lot of vegetables and where did you hear that song Mm -hmm. from Whatever uh, you called me, that's what you heard around that time. <laughs> yeah, that's this came from the Soul Train performance. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, but, wasn't that but, fabulous? But was she opened? Was, I think she opened that performance up with that, mm-hmm. and I love how she did that. It was just that a was, setting. Was the performance of all time. Mm-hmm. Me and my but wife. The thing, but the thing is, do you understand what she was saying though? Yeah, her eyes are green. It's not because not of in because of envy. Mm-hmm. She was making light of it because because she eats vegetables. You know, she was making light of the fact that she was that she is jealous. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, jealous of you know of her of the new, of the new friend or whatnot. But you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was a great song. <laughs> I love that song. I love Erica Badu. Erica Badu is like a treasure. Uh, she you know, is. I love her. Oh, we need so- another album from her. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, I don't think we've had an album from her. For over 10 years, I think. I think she stopped recording. She just tours. I'm sorry, Marcus, we hijacked you. Go ahead I'm and finish sorry. your thought. We were talking about Erica. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, she's slowly but surely becoming probably one of my favorite female artists like ever. I'm talking about like Anita ba- Baker type favorite, especially the way she can maneuver her voice. Mm-hmm. She's just now becoming that for you, Marcus? Yes, I'm, I'm being, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Really? Uh, That's intriguing. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, like speaking of that list, for me it would be Jilly, Layla, and Erica. What would be for you? Oh gosh, of course Janet, Erica, oh. and Anita, Anita yeah. Baker for sure. For me, it would be Anita, Erica, and maybe Patty. Oh, Pat- okay, Patty slash Fantasia maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I would have to. Jill Scott would be in my mix as well. Yeah. Yeah. Shaka Khan. <laughs> I was he just adding it's gonna be yeah. 10 people in the list before <laughs> the end of the day. <laughs> so what else intri- what else intrigued you about this, Marcus? About this particular song? Mm-hmm. The title, Orange Moon. Mm. When I heard it, I just thought about the harvest moon, fall, brisk fall night, and you know, one of those old, old record players with the little 
Grammy Bell. You better sing it. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, all that, just all that. You hear the pop, the snap. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't yeah. hear that no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely a great song. I mean, definitely beautiful song by Eric Badu. And one of many, many, many songs that she's put out. Mm-hmm. From someone who started off as a hip, as a as a rapper, as an MC, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's next, Kim? We are at the last song, y'all. Already, oh. goodness. And this is India Ari, Steady Love. When we're together, he just makes me feel like his girl. He's giving me love, so steady. He touches my heart. Touches my soul and my spirit. He's given me love so steady. Friends and mother, his children make breakfast on Sunday and fight and then make up again. Cause if life's gonna be crazy anyway, I wanna do it with you. All right. All right. Yes, indeed. Caught up in India Ari, Steady Love, which can be found on her seventh album, Worthy, released in 2019, is a gem. The album is a gem. It's one of those songs that just. Snuck up on everyone. It's one of those sleeper hits. It wasn't really an official single, actually. There's really not much information on its charting. However, it was nominated for a Grammy in 2020 for Best Traditional R&B Performance. To say the least, classic soul from this just beautiful soul, India Ari. I love everything that she does. So I guess she would be part of my list as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not to neglect anything. She, India Ari has put in that time and has steadily step to the plate to provide us with so many different gems over the years. What did you all think? Ari is a, she's a, she's a, she's a, I guess you could say she's a soldier in the R&B army. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't think of a, a better example. She just, she's always so solid, you know, and she's always so consistent as far as like her range and her, her choices of music and whatnot. Her voice is so soothing. Mm, and melodious. <laughs> Very melodious. And it's just a testament to her talent. I mean, I don't think she gets the props that she deserves, but she is definitely, if you think about some heavy hitters in R&B, as far as like female R&B artists, she's definitely up there with, with the rest of them. One of the things I love about her is that she is all about the music mm-hmm. and, and, and the purity of that and making sure that she's always putting out something that embodies what she's about and this is a testament to that. And the IRE always has that music that, that touches you deeply and just, and this is just beautiful, especially when she put out the video and had that fine. What, who was the guy in the video? David Banner. David, David exactly. He's I went to college good. with him, by the way. Good. Yeah. yeah. He was the SGA president when the year I graduated from Southern University. His name is actually Lavelle Crump. Big shouts, little bell crump. <laughs> David but he Banner, was looking but yeah. good in that video. <laughs> and uh, he was just as captivating then as he is now in his artistry. So I'm happy to see him still doing his thing. 
But um, wow. Indy Ari, I think to me, must be the most consistently uncompromising artist. Mm-hmm. She remained true to her form from start to finish. From start um, to finish. And even if even as time it still evolved, she's just remained in her vein. You know, her songwriting has tightened up a lot and it gets deeper and deeper. Wow, it's just amazing. She's just an amazing artist to me. All right. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up our For the Lovers of You Valentine's Day edition episode of We Got the Good Good Experience. We hope you thoroughly enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Again, a couple of tidbits. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at We've Got That Good Good Experience on Facebook. For those who live in the Bainbridge area, check out the We've Got That Good Good Experience radio show at 1 o'clock on WKOD LPF 92.7. Right after Motown Memories with Tom Fallon. And also, what else? Guys, want to add anything to that? I think you covered it, right? You covered it. (laughs) And good, good spokesman. And you can hey. check us out on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere oh. that you find your favorite podcast. Absolutely, guys. Hey, this was so much fun, guys. And until next time, don't just be good, but be good, good to each other. Until next time, guys. Bye, Peace. good, good family. Peace. Hi, I'm Marcus Moses. I'm Kimmy Brown. And I'm Byron Bino Brown. Hey guys, do you want to hear something good? I want to hear something good good. Well, here's something good good. We got that good good experience has a new home. That's right. We got that good good experience can now be heard Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WKLD LPFM 92.7. Your home for gospel and classic R&B. Yeah.